Welcome to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast, where Pastor Jeff Cranston, along with our host, Jen Denton, will discuss biblical theology in an understandable way. You'll discover how to apply biblical truth to your life. Thanks for joining us at the table. Let's get started. Well, hello and welcome back, Kitchen Table Theologians. We are right here with Kitchen Table Theology. I'm your host, Jen Denton, and along with Pastor Jeff Cranston, we're always putting those theological cookies on the bottom shelf, or at least trying very hard to we do try. so. We do try. <laughs> we're trying. And we want to do that so that we can all reach them and we can all have access to theology. We try to do this in ways that are very applicable to the lives we live because the real power of theology is not only knowing it, but applying it. As a quick reminder for all of us, last week we kicked off a brand new series called Your Position in Christ. We're diving into the doctrines of justification, sanctification, glorification, regeneration, and adoption with a lot of identity in Christ undertones throughout. It's going to be a great series. And before we dive in today, Pastor Jeff, I thought it might be a good idea just to review where we've laid this foundation so far and talk a little bit more about why we're doing kitchen table theology. We talk a lot about theology and doctrine here, and I thought it might be helpful to our KTT family, as we often refer to them, to define those terms again. What's the difference between systematic theology and doctrine? Well, great question. First of all, hello again, everybody. Thanks for joining us. I hope you're able to uh, enjoy this no matter what you're doing. Some of you work out when you're doing this. I know a lot of you do this during your commute. You listen. Jen and I are sitting here we're through one cup of uh, Southern Pecan <laughs> coffee already, so maybe maybe you're in a coffee shop somewhere. If you are, good good for you. The difference between systematic theology and doctrine, that, that's a good question, because I think we sometimes think of theology and doctrine as the same things, and they're really not. Uh, Dr. Wayne Grudem, who currently serves as professor of theology and biblical studies at Phoenix Seminary in Arizona, says that basically— Systematic theology is any study that answers the question, what does the whole Bible teach us today? And a doctrine is what the whole Bible teaches us today about a particular topic. So a doctrine focuses on a particular topic, like we're talking about what you just mentioned there, Jen. We'll be talking about the doctrine of sanctification, today about justification. We'll talk about the doctrine of regeneration and so forth. When you pull all those together underneath the umbrella of your identity in Christ, now you're talking about a systematic theology. So a systematic theology summarizes each particular doctrine as it should be understood, and systematic theology helps you apply it to your life as a present-day Christian. And that's something we try hard to help you do here at Kitchen Table Theology, this podcast. And as Jen often says, to put the theological cookies on the bottom shelf, not only so that we can understand what the Bible is teaching, but that we also know how to apply what the Bible is teaching. And I like that analogy of that umbrella. That helps me to to visualize that a little bit more, that systematic theology is this umbrella and that all the doctrines tend to fall underneath. And I know for me, and I've probably speak for many of us here in the kitchen table theology community, that this type of study is important to overcome wrong ideas. It's helped me, for sure, to make better decisions and grow in my faith. And speaking of doctrine, we want to look today specifically at what the Bible says about justification. So here's another one of those words for for many of us, 
that we might recognize it, we might see it, we've read it, we hear it mentioned in a sermon from time to time, but if we're hard-pressed, we'd have a difficult time defining it. So why don't we just begin there today? So I think at its most basic and elementary definition, justification means that God pardons and accepts believing sinners. God pardons and accepts believing sinners. Biblically defined, justification or the word justify means to pronounce, accept, uh, treat somebody as just, as, as righteous. And by the way, the word righteous and the word justify or justification are often interchangeably used in the New Testament, so you'll see that come up a lot. So on the one hand, when you define justification, on the one hand, we're no longer penally liable. We're, we're not able to be put in jail for those things, so to speak. And on the other hand, we're entitled to all the privileges due to those who keep the law. Okay. Run that one by us again, because there were a lot of terms, a lot of synonyms in there, but I'm still not sure I got it. I was having trouble with that, even as I was saying it, i got to be honest. <laughs> All right, so, so run that—I will say, huh? <laughs> run that bias one more time. That's the opposite of putting the theological cookies on the bottom shelf. Wait, so, okay, let me, let me try it this way. <laughs> the word justified has both a negative and a positive aspect. All right, so negatively, it means the removal of the believer's sin. It's addressing our sin. That, that's the negative side of it. When it does that, when, when justification does that, it deals with the removal of our sin. It removes the penalty of breaking the law. Positively, it means the righteousness of Christ is then bestowed upon the believer. Does that, does that help? It does. So you're basically saying that justification means that our sins are removed and then we receive the righteousness of Christ. Yes. Okay. I could not have said that better myself. And since our justification is based upon the blood of Christ, the cross of Christ, you know, the death of Christ, that that's what our justification is based upon. His death is our justification. So because of his death, God the judge declared the believing sinner righteous. And Paul hit on that in Romans 5.1. He says, Therefore, having been justified by faith... We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I know that we see this concept in the Old Testament. The Old Testament actually introduces the concept of justification. But what do we know about it in the New Testament? Well, the word's used around 40 times in the New Testament. And and Paul uses the, the word, out of the 40, Paul uses the word 29 times. He likes it. He loved it. <laughs> it. It really was one of the main doctrines he mentioned constantly. And he iterated time and again that in Christ alone we are justified. And so Paul, he wanted every believer to grasp the fact that we have been, because of Christ, pronounced and treated as righteous. So for the Christian, justification is completely the work of God, and we can't overemphasize that enough. Completely the work of God, which not only forgives our sins, but also attributes to us the righteousness of Jesus. So that said, justification, therefore, can never be earned by our good works. It's only received by faith, and it's, a, and, and it's the faith that we exercise based upon the finished work of Christ on the cross. In Christ. 
yep. alone. Yes. Ooh, that is a lot to take in. But what if we choose a passage where this doctrine is found and you can help unpack it a little bit more for sure. us? How about I read Acts 13, 38 through 39? And I'm going to read it in the NIV version. And it says, Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sin is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from sin, a justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. Let's just plant here for, for a minute or two. So th- this will take a minute. Kitchen table theologian, let's, let's all hang in there. I really, really enjoy where we're going here. That's Paul talking, what you just read there in Acts 13. Paul makes a shocking statement in his message that he's giving to the people of Antioch. Now, he's talking to people. Here are people who thought the Ten Commandments were the greatest word that God had ever given to people, and they were trying their best to live up to them. I mean, they really were. They thought that the way to God was to obey the Ten Commandments, to do good. It was, it was works-based. But now Paul comes to declare to them that they will never find acceptance by God in that way. So, you know, kaboom, their, their minds are, are blown. Rather, Paul says, God's found a way to accept us, even though we can't be good enough in ourselves, and that way is through Jesus Christ. So that statement, that, that reality shook these people. Hmm. They had never heard anything like this before. And this is the first occasion where we have record of Paul's using that great word, justification, which is so frequent in the book of Romans, especially when he talked of justification by faith. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine because for generations they've lived according or thought. Ever they, since you know. the thousands of years, ever yeah. since the Ten Commandments were given to Moses, they've yeah. lived that way. And now they're being told that this is something that can't be earned by good work. So. There's freedom, but a little bit of fear probably in that too. Well, this sort of takes us back to our definition again. So let's dive in a little bit deeper. What does it mean to be justified? I think most people think it means to have your sins forgiven. And it does mean that, Mm -hmm. but it means more than that. Justification means to have your sins forgiven in such a way that God's honor and integrity are preserved by it. So Mm -hmm. let let me give you an example. Many in our kitchen table theology community have served or are currently serving in the United States military, so thank you very much. Jen, your dad, Danny Pierce, he served in the Navy. Mm -hmm. My father, Ned Cranston, he served in the Army. And for anybody who serves, when your service is complete, hopefully you receive an honorable discharge. So let's just, for example, let's say that you served in the Air Force and your hitch is up, it's time to separate from the Air Force. They are through with you, and you are through with them, and they send you out with an honorable discharge. And then you can proudly show your discharge papers to anyone. There's no blot on your service record. There's no blot on your discharge, no stain upon your time of service with the Air Force. But there are those who, when their time is up, are dishonorably discharged. That doesn't sound good. No, that's not good. And that that's that's the military usually telling you, we don't want you anymore, and they're kicking you out, and they dishonorably discharge you. Now, those who were dishonorably discharged, they were just as separate from the Air Force as you were. The Air Force was just as through with them as it was with you, but there's a blot on their discharge, a stain on it. 
and they get out, they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to show anybody their discharge papers, especially a future employer. Because mm. you look at that and you're like, you were dishonorably discharged. I don't want to hire you. So that's kind of the idea of what Paul's really saying here. That if you merely had your sins forgiven, if God forgave in the way that most people think he does, like the typical American theology was just great on me. You know, you just come to him and he's such a loving God that he says, oh, forget about it. That's all right. Don't worry about it. You're a great person. And I love you so much that I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to ignore all of your sin. Well, if that were the case, then God's honor would be impugned. His character would be defiled by that kind of forgiveness. He really couldn't be regarded any longer as a God of justice and truth. He would be a partaker, a participant almost in my sin and yours. If he just kind of, oh, you know, poo-pooed it, and it's not that major of a thing. But since it is major, and since God has to act upon it because he is also perfectly holy and a judge, God made a way through Jesus to lay the guilt of our life and our heart and all of our sin upon his own son. So by doing that, he preserves his honor and character and integrity, while at the same time, he's rendered free to show his whole love to us. And that's justification. Because of the cross, nobody will ever be able to point to God and say, you know what, oh, you let people off who are guilty. You can't do that. In, in the cross of Jesus, God poured out all his justice regarding our sin upon him. And in that cross, the agony of the cross, the anguish of the cross, the world can see a picture of how faithfully God does obey his own established laws. And yet the wonder of it is that because of it, God's love is then freed to be poured out to us. Mm -hmm. It makes me think just about, you know, as you're reading, I'm kind of getting like a little bit worked up that that does make sense, that we don't want to lessen that sacrifice. We don't want to lessen. I mean, we just walked through a podcast not too long ago on salvation and the gravity, the the true redemption that's that's allowed in that. And if there's one thing I'm hearing throughout all of this, it's that we didn't deserve God's gift of justification, yet it is mercifully and graciously offered to us. And that's always something I stand in awe of. So Pastor Jeff, in this current series where we are, and again, it's titled Your Position in Christ, where does justification fit into our position? How does this doctrine affect my standing with Jesus and my identity in him? Well, Jesus shed his blood on the cross, rose from the grave. Why? number of reasons. One of the main reasons, if not the main reason, was to reconcile us to God, right? So on his merit alone, we find our identity and righteousness as, as Christians. We, we, don't, we don't get into right standing with God be, you know, through our, our, our vacillating, wishy-washy emotions, our performances, our religious deeds, us trying to keep the Ten Commandments, that kind of stuff. Both the Old and the New Testaments assure us the just shall live by faith. You read it in Habakkuk, you read it in Romans, in Galatians, and in Hebrews. The doctrine of justification by faith alone will cause us as Christ followers to be more secure in our Christian identity. It spurs us on to serve God 
more faithfully. And it, it moves us to love others with a whole lot more gracious love, a whole lot more patience and understanding. If we would just think on those things in this, this coming week, that, that might be really good for us to do. Because I'm justified, I'm, I'm secure in who I am in Christ. Because God's justified me and declared me righteous, that's, that's what He's done. That really spurs me on to serve Him. Mm-hmm. I, I want to just as a response out of out of love and i want to love other people because the love of god has been just you know washed over me so i w- i want to in turn love other people mm-hmm. so let me ask my favorite question you knew it was coming so what <laughs> what does all of this mean for us well, I'm going to turn the tables on you today. Oh, no. You're really good at asking <laughs> that question. You love to lay that out there at the end of most every podcast. So let me turn it around. Why don't you answer? Why don't you answer this time the so what for us? <laughs> well, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> oh, I don't like the tables being turned this way. Yeah, well, I'm going to sit back and just listen. <laughs> and just relax. I'm going to yes. take notes. Uh, yes, as he rests his head on his hands <laughs> and leans back away in the, the leather chair. Well, I mean, I suppose I'd begin by thinking about to what Paula said in Galatians 2.16 when he says that we are not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Again, That's fully a good verse. in Christ alone. And that since justification results in a sinner's exemption from that deserved penalty of God's law, we receive pardon and forgiveness and freedom. You're on a roll. And, <laughs> and that justification means that now we're restored to favor with God and that that stain that we talked about, that stain of condemnation has been replaced with God's favor, that God sees the believer as if he had never sinned, just as God sees and treats the sinless and perfect Jesus Christ, who in actuality never has sinned. She's still on a roll. There's no stopping her now. (laughs) Anything else? I don't know. Did I cover (laughs) it all? (laughs) I I mean, I suppose we might end by saying, you know, that Romans 5.1 declares, therefore, we've been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that tells me that I am now, because of Christ, at perfect peace with God. And God has declared that so. Well, kitchen table theologians, tune in next week, where I've discovered that I'm no longer necessary. (laughs) <laughs> and it will be Kitchen Table Theology with Jen Denton. You really said it all Which there, Jen. Which will also Jen. be our last podcast if that happens. I, you, <laughs> no, you, you nailed it. I don't think so. But you know what? In my years of Christian education, somebody somebody would often say, what's the one thing that you could never tire of talking about or the one thing that you feel like could could always use more emphasis on? And I said, in working with students of all different ages— You could talk about identity in Christ all day, every day, and it still wouldn't be enough. Good point. Yep. And with that, we bring today's podcast to a close. Thanks so much for joining us on today's time together. And don't forget about our episode notes. Check those out when you get a chance. They are prepared and out there for you for almost every podcast that we do. They are thought about with you in mind. They're created with you in mind to be an additional help to you as you dive deeper into the doctrine and, yes, systematic theology of the Christian faith. 
Additionally, please check out our website at jeffcranston.com where you can find our podcast archives where dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens 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 of theological topics are discussed. You can also read along with Pastor Jeff on his blog where he writes on many issues important to the Christian life. And if you haven't done so already, please consider sharing this podcast with a friend or family member who might benefit from it. A very special thanks to our fill-in sound engineer today, Miss Anna Schoenstra, and to our Low Country Community Church family here in Bluffton, South Carolina, for making this podcast possible. We look forward to seeing you next week, where I will not be answering all of your questions as we dive into the topic of sanctification. We're going to rely on Pastor Jeff for that. Thanks so much for your support, your questions, and your encouragement along the way as we remember that the real power of theology is not only knowing it, but applying it. You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast with Jen Denton and Pastor Jeff Cranston. Join us next time for more insights into biblical truth. If you'd like to know more on today's topic, you can check out the show notes at jeffcranston.com. You can also email us at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes? We deeply appreciate your help in getting the word out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or in your favorite podcasting app to continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's word to our lives. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time here at Kitchen Table Theology.